Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Alliance Church in Lexington, Kentucky. The sermon you're about to hear, Our Most Important Tool, was preached by Dan McPherson, our pastor of group life and high school, on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It was recorded on January 7th, 2024, and is part of our series, When a Church Prays. Richard Foster is the author of one of my favorite books titled Celebration of Discipline, and he writes this, of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. In other words, prayer is our constant connection to God. It's our lifeline. It's the way we speak to him. It's the way he speaks to us. It's essential, but the reality is This time in history is one of the hardest times to pray. Why? Because there are so many other things vying for our attention. You have music, streaming services, social media, sports, work email, personal email, text messages, plus you have people that you care about. The news, really the entire world is two taps away. Silence is an endangered species, at least in my house. And even when it is quiet... We struggle to calm our racing minds. We can't sit for very long. But in his book, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools, Tyler Staten has a unique take on this. He says, even in a very busy, very distracted world, people still make time for what really matters to them. So there's something deeper beneath the surface that keeps us from praying. I think it's this. For most of us, Prayer doesn't resolve our anxiety. Prayer itself makes us anxious because it uncovers fears we can ignore as long as we don't engage deeply, thoughtfully, vulnerably with God. Most people, whether they are aware of it or not, are living with some low-grade anxiety in some form, whether it's digital distraction, relational pain, just the daily stress of life. Many of us are carrying burdens much larger than we often choose to admit. And in the midst of that, Jesus expects us to pray. Notice what Amelia read for us earlier. Jesus tells his disciples, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. It's this assumption that you will pray. In the practice of the presence of God, which some of the men read this fall, Brother Lawrence writes this, to be constantly aware of God's presence, it is necessary to form the habit of continually talking with him throughout each day. So where do we start? Prayer. A good place to start would be what we call the Lord's Prayer, which comes right after what Amelia read in Matthew chapter 6. In January of last year, I examined that in detail, so you can find that if you're interested under the sermons tab on our website, January 29th, titled Pray Like This. But to remind us, Jesus teaches his disciples. He says, Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
It's a short prayer, and it actually stands in contrast to what was the norm in Jesus' day. Long, drawn-out prayers were very normal because people thought the longer they prayed, the more eloquent they sounded, the more God would listen. And Jesus taught something different, something short, something to the point. And today, in an age of filters and AI, doctored images, fake photos, spending hours attempting virtual perfection is the norm. As photo editing tools became more widely accessible, people began using the hashtag nofilter on social media as a way to showcase their photos in a natural, unedited state. It became this way to emphasize authenticity, genuineness. So when we see hashtag no filter, we can assume you haven't spent 30 minutes trying to get the picture to look perfect. There's beauty in simplicity. When it comes to prayer, many of us feel we have to say the perfect words, that we have to perform the correct ritual, even create something that might be fake, at least for us, because we think we have to doctor our prayers so that God will hear us. At the risk of being cheesy, the best prayers are hashtag no filter. They might even have some flaws, but... That's what God wants. Jesus' prayers throughout his ministry and life were very simple. At Lazarus' tomb, he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Coming to a place where he knows death is near. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. In the garden, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And on the cross, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. These simple, honest, raw prayers. You were given a little tool when you walked in this morning. Maybe you grabbed one. Maybe you can grab one on your way out. It's a screwdriver. It is small enough to take out the batteries in my children's toys. Um, If you're a parent, you know exactly what I mean. And the screwdriver is a tool. When you look up on Google Tools, you'll often see um, toolboxes. But lots of things are tools. You have paper, pens, books, computer, phone, internet, hammer and nail, flashlight, microwave, dishwasher, oven, fridge, mop, broom, basketball, tennis racket, toothbrush, tractor, coffee maker, fork, knife, spoon. I could go on and on and on. Lots of things are tools. And in his book, Answering God, Eugene Peterson writes this. Prayers are tools. Every distinctive human behavior requires tools, farming, loving, cooking, learning, building, believing. Some tools are made of wood, some of metal, some of words. A tool that is made of words is no less a tool than one made of steel. Prayer is a tool that is made mostly of words. Prayers are tools, but with this clarification, prayers are not tools for doing or getting, but for being and becoming. Prayers are tools that God uses to work his will in our bodies and souls. Prayers are tools that we use to collaborate in his work with 
us. Most of the time, when we think of a tool, it's to get something accomplished, to help us do something that our hands might not be able to do themselves. So a hammer helps us build things. An oven heats up our food. A pencil enables us to draw or write. Email allows us to communicate with someone 4,000 miles away. A coffee maker produces tasty beverages for our consumption. A tool helps us do things, or a tool helps us get things. So a key gives us access to a room. The internet gives us access to the world. Computers or libraries are tools to get information. Money is a tool that gets you whatever you spend your money on. Social media or news websites are tools to get updated on what's happening in your friend's world or in the world world. In almost every situation, tools are for doing or getting. But Peterson makes an essential distinction, one that can't be missed. He says prayer is a tool, but prayer is not to get something. Prayer is not even something that we just do. Unfortunately, it's often viewed that way. I'm a Christian, so I need to pray. Oh, I haven't prayed today. I should probably do that. If I pray, then this will happen. If I pray, then that won't happen. If I pray, then others will see me this way. If I pray, then God will see me this way. Prayer is not for doing or getting. Prayer is for being and becoming. Honestly, I hesitated to hand you a screwdriver because this tool is used for doing something, and I don't want to get in that mindset. The difference, if we don't understand it, then prayer becomes something very unhealthy. It's important to not misunderstand prayer. But I like the idea of a tactile takeaway, so I did it anyway. I thought about writing being and becoming on each one, but they were a little smaller than I was anticipating, so I didn't have time this morning. But (laughs) prayer is not for doing or getting. Prayer is our primary tool to simply be with God, to rest in his presence, to talk with him, to develop a relationship with him. And to become like Jesus. Jesus prayed a lot. And then he said, follow me. Do as I did. Not to sound good like the pagans do. Not to look good like the hypocrites do. Just to be with God. To talk with him. To become like Jesus. There are many different types of prayer, ways to pray, examples that you can use for prayer. I'd encourage you to do your own research. You can find lots of options. But one that I would like to practice today is called ACTS. How many of you are familiar with the ACTS model of prayer? Yeah, it's a fairly common one. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Prayer is a tool that we use, and this series is titled, When a Church Prays. So we're going to do that together today. Zeke is going to come up and play some music. No words or specific songs, just kind of quietly in the background. And I found 20 scripture verses for each of these sections. So we'll take about three minutes for each of those. And during that time, I'd encourage you to focus in on that specific theme of prayer. 
you can take any posture you want. You can come to the altar. You can pray in your seat. You can kneel at your seat. You can circle up with people around you. You can pray to yourself. You can pray out loud. Whatever you would like to do, be aware of the introverts and the personalities around you. But I will begin each type of prayer with a verse and then give you two minutes and 45 seconds, my phone has, and then you will pray and read scripture, then we'll end with the verse and then we'll move to the next. So Acts, we begin with adoration, which is to simply praise God for who he is. Isaiah writes, Lord, you are our God. We will exalt you. We will praise your name for you have accomplished wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Take some time and simply praise God for who he is. In the book of Revelation, John writes, I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. God, we praise you for who you are. We exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee. Amen. Now, confession, that's admitting your sins, asking for God's forgiveness and mercy in your life. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Take some time and confess your sins to God. James writes, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. There's a season for everything and maybe sometimes there's a season to be miserable and mourn and weep over our sin. Our son's name is Ezra and before we named him, I read the book just to make sure he was a good dude and it turns out he was. And in Ezra chapter 9, He's confessing to the Lord, my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face towards you because our iniquities are higher than our heads and our guilt is as high as the heavens. And then what was on the screen, Ezra 10, 1, while Ezra prayed and confessed, weeping and falling face down before the house of God, an extremely large assembly of Israelite men, women, and children gathered around him. The people also wept bitterly. What if we were known as a church? that confessed, that wept over our sin. What would that mean for our city, for the world to be a beacon of confession? And now Thanksgiving. Thank God for all the wonderful things he has done. Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Take some time and thank the Lord for what he's done. The psalmist writes, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness 
through all generations. God, thank you for all the wonderful things that you've done. Thank you for who you are. We're grateful. And finally, notice that we put it at the end. Supplication, bringing requests for yourself and for others to God. Ephesians 6, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Take some time and bring requests for yourself and for other people to the Lord. The writer of Hebrews says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And Paul writes the Philippians, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Prayer is a tool and you have to learn how to use tools. Most of these tools on the screen, if you were just seeing them for the first time, you would have no idea how to use them. There are tools up here I don't know how to use. It requires learning and trial and error to figure out how to best use the tools. And there are some tools that you're more comfortable with than others. Maybe you have no idea how to install an app, but you can handwrite notes in cursive for hours. Maybe your hand cramps up after two sentences and you have no idea what cursive even is. Maybe you can till a field with ease or cook a meal for 30, no sweat. Maybe you can pick out a mag seat lug nut. Or maybe you're like, a lug what? You learn how to use tools. You develop skills over time and practice. And prayer is the same way. My guess is one of these types of prayers, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, came more naturally to you than another. Maybe one that you lean on more than another. Maybe it's time to try out a new tool, a new way of being with and becoming like Jesus. Maybe you need to spend more time just praising God for who he is. Maybe you need to spend more time confessing or to be bold and bring people and issues to his feet. Maybe you need to just spend more time thanking him. Acts is a great framework to begin practicing different types of prayers. But like I said, there are lots of models to choose from. If you have a kid in FAC Kids, this month we're doing the Prayer 345 Family Prayer Challenge. So that's a great option for you as a family to begin practicing. Brother Lawrence again writes this. God does not ask much of you, but... Remembering him, praising him, asking for his grace, offering him your troubles, or thanking him for what he has given you will console you all the time. To close, I've asked Zeke to lead us in an old hymn called Sweet Hour of Prayer. It first made its appearance in 1859, but the lyrics are as true today as they were then sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my father's throne make all my wants and wishes known if you know it sing it out and if not 
The words will be on the screen and you can just follow along and worship through prayer. Thanks for listening. Here at First Alliance Church, our mission is to passionately pursue God, extend life-changing hope, and disciple people to be spirit-empowered followers of Jesus. To learn more about our church or to hear other sermons like this one, visit us at facelex.com.